Welcome to Discuss Detroit, where we have conversations with small business owners, community leaders, and Detroit residents about the city that we love. To watch video of these conversations, visit thecityinstitute.com slash discuss Detroit or follow City Institute on YouTube. Now for today's show. Today's guest is the amazing Orlando Bailey, native Detroiter and co-host of Authentically Detroit, my favorite Detroit podcast. And I'm so excited to talk to him. So we're going to bring him on. Hi, Orlando. Welcome. We're your favorite Detroit podcast? Favorite. I'm not even like, you know, holding back or hemming and hawing or anything. It is uh, just absolutely amazing. Thank you so much. We work hard at it. Thank you. It's good to see you, my friend. It's good to see you too. Right, face to face, kind of, right? If we do yeah. that. Yeah. Um, One day I'll be able to hug you again. Right. Well, yeah. and I, we still, you know, walking around on the east side, we ran into each other, socially distant, of course, but that was a nice treat. Uh, it was. It's so weird when you see. Hey, you can't like you normally go in for the hug, but that's the cool thing about the east side. You walk, you don't know who. Love it. Yeah. So let's start because I know you and we've worked together in different, uh, you know, projects and things, but mm -hmm. uh, other people might not. So tell us a little bit about yourself. I Give us your two minute life story. Okay. My two minute life story, I would have to say uh, it began when my great grandparents migrated here to the city of Detroit in 1947 from a little town called Kamita, Mississippi, down in the Delta. You won't see it on the map or anything like that, Kamita, Mississippi. My great grandparents, like their parents, were sharecroppers, uh, sharecropping uh, cotton uh, in the Delta of Mississippi. And of course, during the Great Migration, my grandfather, my great-grandfather went ahead of my great-grandmother to find work. And once he found work and got settled, uh, they moved here. Uh, the whole family to the city of Detroit in 1947 and settled in the Jefferson Chalmers neighborhood. Wow. Um, all of my great aunts and uncles and cousins, my mom grew up uh, at a home that's still in our family today, generations later, 615 Algonquin. And planting roots, I would say that's where our Detroit uh, story originated in Jefferson Chalmers. And so my family went to Stark and Remus Robinson. I had the same kindergarten teacher as my mother. Uh, wow. Yeah, it's been, it, and went to Remus Robinson Middle School. And so our roots are in uh, the Jefferson Chalmers neighborhood. And of course, uh, the automotive industry here in the city of Detroit. My great grandfather worked for a supplier, but my uncle Junior, who is his namesake, every black family got an uncle Junior. Uncle Junior. <laughs> Uh, retired from Chrysler uh, here in the city of Detroit. And so growing up uh, on the east side, born and raised on the east side, I remember my grandmother's block. My grandmother was a placemaker before we even knew what the term was, right? Uh, having grown Nothing's up- Nothing's new. Nothing's new, right? I mean, everything's been, been, been done and mostly by African-Americans on the east side of Detroit. <laughs> on the east side. And so the east side that I knew was her block, which had a few houses, but a lot of vacant lots. And she owned some of those lots. And she uh, programmed those lots, birthday parties, benches. Like I had, we didn't know what blight was. We didn't, we didn't care about it. It was just space, open space for us 
to play around. And so my first school was Nichols Elementary in Indian Village. And I was shocked because the East Side or the Detroit that I knew was my grandmother's block and uh, at Nichols, this is still Detroit. So, you know, it's, it's, been, it's been a journey. Grew up on the East Side, grew up in church, New Rising Star Missionary Baptist Church. My great-grandfather's first cousin, William Holly, was the founder and pastor for years and years of New Rising Star right there on Mac and French Road. It looks like a big old barn, it's a big church. Uh, they were first cousins. And so my family church, New Rising Star, uh, grew up singing in the choir and ushering and doing that thing and uh, got involved with a youth program on the east side at, while I was at Remus Robinson in junior high school called Youth on the Edge of Greatness of formerly the Warren Connor Development Coalition, now East Side Community Network. I had to be about 10 or 11 uh, when I met Maggie DeSantis, the president CEO of uh, Warren Connor at the time, and my I had no idea that program would be the touchstone uh, for my career uh, here in the city of Detroit. Came uh, back from school, went to Eastern Michigan University, studied journalism and electronic media and film studies, and of course, could not get a job. And Maggie hired me uh, for the first year of my career there, I thought I was gonna get fired. I'm like, I know she gonna fire me today. This is the day, but she did it, she kept teaching. Uh, and eventually I got it. And so, uh, so many of my experiences and the, some of the most magnificent things that I've been able to do and accomplish here in the city of Detroit and now all over the world uh, started with that investment from Eastside Community Network when I was 11 years old, started uh, at New Rising Star Missionary Baptist Church when I would get up and speak publicly. You know, we had speeches, Easter speeches, Christmas speeches. Uh, my first taste of public speaking was in church. Uh, so, yeah, that's my short life story, Eastside. Yeah. I mean, it, it might be the most Eastside story I've ever heard. And I'm an Eastsider, so we know that, right? Where yeah. uh, I'm a lifelong Morningside. I grew up uh, East Warren, Eastsider Drive. Lived there my whole life until I moved downtown. I moved two blocks west of Woodward for a couple yeah. years. And my family, I don't know, it was, that's, you know, that's like, considered the West Side. You know, know barely, barely <laughs> the West Side, okay? Uh, but it was just a short yeah. little stint. Short little spin. Um, well, one of the things that uh, you've got to do with ECN was launch a podcast. Uh, yeah. Talk to us about Authentically Detroit. Yeah. So uh, let me, can I set it up just a little bit? Uh, Absolutely. ECN Community Network went through an executive leadership change in 2016 when the founding CEO, Maggie DeSantis, a personal mentor of mine, uh, went on to do other things and in came a uh, former ECN employee turned executive director, president, CEO, writer, all things, just awesome at all things, Donna uh, Givens came in in 2016 and, uh, you know, got an opportunity to learn and work with her uh, for the four years, four or five years that uh, I remained there. And in 2019, uh, Donna and I were having a conversation uh, unlike any of the conversations that we've always had, we would talk about works of uh, academic literature that uh, help uh, that would help inform our work on the streets in the city, uh, news stories that we would have to react to as an organization, and you know just the climate that we were living in and working in. 
And we would have like these really long and dynamic conversations. Um, and she respected the fact uh, that my youth or, you know, my youth and my, my young uh, Detroit experience is just as valid as her Detroit experience. And she is a little bit older than I am. That's all I'm gonna say. I'm not gonna say how old you And one day we were in the conference room and I said, Donna, we should really just have these conversations on the air somewhere, like maybe start a podcast. And she froze and she was like, oh my God, I've been thinking about that for so long. Eastside Community Network used to have the Pipeline newspaper, right? It was a neighborhood newspaper that went all throughout the East Side and funding dried up for it. And we were no longer producing like news or talking about news and providing commentary about news. And so authentically Detroit was birthed out of a conversation that Donna and I were having in a conference room. And we essentially aimed to daylight these critical conversations and commentary on news items that are relevant happening right now in the city of Detroit to amplify the voices of the people that we talk to every single day on the streets. Like I walk the streets of the East side, Chandler Park, you know, canvassing and doing that and hearing, you know, the stories like authentic Detroit stories. And so we wanted to daylight that. We wanted a space to talk about all of the books that we were reading and not uh, further intellectualize the knowledge that we were giving, but to uh, feed it to our listeners in a way that is relatable, that's funny, that's hard hitting, um, because most people don't have, you know, the opportunity to sit and read thick two and three hundred page books. You know, they're living it. We get the opportunity to study and act and theorize about it while folks are living it. And so we wanted to bring that perspective. Uh, and amplify authentic Detroiters. So we have a we have a guest or two every single episode, and we are literally in awe and shocked at it. Number one, we just celebrated our one year anniversary, and then congratulations! Two, and that was a great episode too. Candace and Cat on that episode. Awesome. Cat Stafford. So the caliber of guests that we've been able to uh, have has just been. Stellar, I don't know how we've done it without a staff. I want to shout out, of course, my co-host Donna Givens, but Kevin Ryan, who took a listen to maybe the first two or three episodes when we really didn't know what we were doing and loved it and said, hey, is there a way that Ford Foundation can support this? And so Ford Foundation has been a sponsor of Authentically Detroit since the very beginning. We're so, so fortunate. Yeah. And it really is. It really is all those things that you wanted it to be. I can say as an audience member, it truly is that. And I think that that's amazing. And and the like you said, like the stories that we hear and that we experience through talking with just people in Detroit are the stories that don't get told that the, the average person, uh, you know, might not be hearing. Right. And I mean, that's what we try to do at Detroit Experience Factory is you know, is be a megaphone for the people, places, and projects in the city. And we find, you know, most headlines are downtown and blight. And those right. things do exist, but the, but what about the stories of the, you know, the neighborhoods where people are just living their lives? And and that's the Detroit that, that we love and I know that you love. And, uh, you know, I think that's where we kind you and I kind of come together and trying to lift up those stories a little more. And that is the Detroit that Detroiters have an appetite to hear about is what we are learning, right? I remember when I first started this work in 2012, working at Warren Connor, 
or Eastside Community. I still say Warren Connor has okay. been in my mind for years and years at ECN. And the people who were doing the work on the ground, uh, the the groundwork of revitalization of you know cultural placekeeping, keeping your neighborhood up, did not look like the people who the New York Times were crediting, who mainstream media was crediting. I would see uh, revitalization in the person of a white millennial face. And that was diametrically opposed to what I was seeing and working with every day. Revitalization looked like Barb Martin over in Pingree Park on Crane Street, buying up the lots on her street, planting wildflowers and you know managing her block club to make sure that the block is as beautiful as it could be, even though there wasn't a house on every lot. And she had been doing that for years. Where's Barb Martin? in the New York Times, you know what I'm saying? And so uh, we wanted to provide, and my personal mission is to lend platform to those folks to express their power and to express their expertise and to be honored for it. See, I think, I think we lost you, I lost you for a second. I did lose you, okay. Okay. Right, so I was just talking about, um, you were talking about the amazing individuals and I was talking about, um, you know, we've been doing these virtual tours uh, of, you know, trying something new during COVID time and uh, and it's been really great. And we just did a, a little short East Side tour the other day and was able to go on Manistique, right? And see, you know, show people and about the stuff. What, I mean, a bloom, Treehouse Center. Shout out to uh, Feedem Freedom Garden. Manistique is popping. I know, and it's so amazing. And again, like those are the stories that I think inspire people and show people that they're, you know, yeah, we have challenges, and I don't think like, anyone's going to say that we don't. And for some, for some amount of time, people thought if you said anything positive. If you told people about the, you know, Tammy and the Treehouse Center, people would say, what about the schools? You know, <laughs> and like the answer is good and bad are not mutually exclusive. They happen simultaneously in every city. And you need to actually know about the successes, big and small, in order to keep working towards anything. Right. And, yeah. uh, and that's why I think, you know, with Authentically Detroit, what you guys have been able to do is absolutely amazing. It, you know, it's funny to me, though, and we, we can get off this, is that when we begin to amplify Detroiters doing something dope for Detroiters in their own neighborhoods, we get that, what about the schools? But when I see billionaires and millionaires breaking ground on new skyscrapers and high rises downtown and the 7.2 square miles of downtown and midtown, we don't get that. But what about the schools and how messed up they are. And so I think we gotta, you know, we gotta check ourselves on our implicit biases and narratives yeah. um, and make sure that we're not perpetuating, uh, you know, racist ideals and values that are just rooted and adverse to the advancement of black people doing dope stuff in, in our city, period. Absolutely. And we, you know, try to, you know, there's, you know, we, we talk about the Burwood Wall and, you know, understanding the history and this and the federal racist policies, like on every tour, like some people are sick of me talking about it, but it's such an important part, like to know and understand how we got to where we are today. Yeah. Uh, and also when people are talking about the schools, it's frequently not people that are actually thinking about sending their kids to, you know, like, and 
our, we do, our schools have challenges, absolutely. But there's also some bright spots and in any city, this is what I've realized over the years too. And I, and, and with your travel, I wanna hear about how you've talked about and what people have said about Detroit traveling. Because I know when I have, there's, they have this, every city has similar issues. They're sometimes more extreme in Detroit for various reasons, but every city is, is has problems with public schooling, every with blight, with crime, with lots of different things. And they've now actually been coming to Detroit and that's where the City Institute you know, was created to actually share lessons learned from Detroit and Detroiters because we have a lot to share with the rest of the country and the world. So I know you have done a lot. Speaking of that, um, tell us a little bit about your uh, German Marshall Fund, you know, Marshall Fellowship experience. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I want to honor uh, Marlo Stoudemire, yeah. who uh, personally mentored uh, me uh, before German Marshall, but uh, when I got it, really took time to make sure that I was ready and took time to make sure I knew what I was doing when I got back. Uh, so I was a, a Marshall Memorial Fellow with the Marshall Fund of the United States. I know, I know. I know. It was, uh, that was, we don't, yeah. I mean, we should do a whole, um, but yeah. I mean, he really, I don't think anyone's touched more people in, in Detroit than that guy. And uh, I was lucky to have lunch with him just, in January, um, but uh, but he he was just a supporter of everybody and and every Detroiter, right? So I'm so glad that that he got to uh, uh, support you in the German fellowship, the Marshall Fellowship. Yeah, and so in terms of you know Detroit around the world, uh, Detroit is all over the world. Um, every city that I went to, every restaurant, every bar, I heard Aretha Franklin from the North End and Smokey Robinson, like our music is around the world. In fact, uh, in Bratislava, I, uh, we ran into uh, a, a, a jazz band who was playing at the local jazz festival. And one of the uh, instrumentalists was one of my classmates at Detroit School of Arts. It's Amazing. insane. One of the one of my main takeaways about uh, that I that I realized while in Germany, I was talking to a German man who was a professor of American history, and I asked him about his favorite piece of American history. He never answered the question, but he said to me, he said, "Orlando, um, the world has learned from Black Detroiters and Black Americans on how to civilly disobey." on how to protest and how to start and advance movements. Davida Davidson said the other night that Detroit births movements. And that, hearing that from this man that I had never met, who is eons across the world for me, acknowledge the uh, indelible footprint of black folks and black people from Detroit and black people in America and how we have influenced the world was, just so amazing to me. So I just want to submit that uh, Detroit is original. There's nothing like Detroit. Detroit births movements, and I gotta, I gotta agree with her on that. Davida is a, a special person too. Yeah. I mean, is one of Detroit's greatest assets in and of herself. So we'll have to get her out here later. Oh yeah, we definitely gotta have. Oh man, Davida. She don't. <laughs> 
Wait, like me, she grew up in the church. So the oh yeah, <laughs> to church, and it is amazing. We um, you know, on our tours, that's we normally stop and talk to people. Like so, what we connect the dots in between, but that's not. And I think that's important. But but it's really helping locals. And you know, we don't turn out of towners away, but we focus on locals learning more about their own community, taking them to hear from uh, you and your colleagues at ECN, or hear from Davida, uh, or a myriad of other people. And that's what this little project of Discuss Detroit is supposed to be, is to be able to, while we can't be in person at the moment, we can still hear from, you know, great people doing great stuff. And I have someone in the chat is um, Brenda Butler saying, what about Gratiot Woods? What about us, Inc? Shout out. So I, you know, I work all over the East Side. So she's talking yeah. about a longtime community activist and uh, resident Tamara Howard and uh, their program, What About Us, Inc. Uh, that was birthed out of the Belvedere Youth Block Club, okay. a community youth block club. Let me get it right, Tam. Community <laughs> youth block club over near uh, Pangree Park. And Brenda Butler is her partner in the What About Us Inc. stuff. So, yeah, I see your shout out. We shout you out, Grash. And I'll have to check that out because that's one thing I love. Like, I. <laughs> I like, I like to think I know a couple things about this city, right? But yeah. it always can teach us stuff. You can always be learning, experiencing new things, hearing new stories of, of both things that have been around a long time and newer new organizations. The, 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 that's what led me to even start Detroit Experience Factory 14 years ago. Oh. I was like, I, was like, I know Detroit. I, I grew up here. I'm an East Sider. I'm hanging out at Blues Bars downtown. I'm so cool. I'm you know, 20 years old. <laughs> and then I was like, wait, what, what's this whole West side or what's this whole, you know, we, it's easy to stay in our, we're creatures of habit. We go to the places yeah. we go and we stay in our neighborhood, which yeah. is wonderful, but there's so much to learn about our own city. So thank you so much, Brenda. Yeah. For that. Uh, so what, what's going on now? So you mentioned that yeah. you, you had last ECN, you know, what, uh, What's happened since then? Yeah, so, oh, actually, uh, our website is live, bridgedetroit.com. You'll see an article there from me uh, talking about my authentic public school experience. Uh, so go and check that out. I serve now as the engagement director for Bridge Detroit. Bridge Detroit is a new journalism and engagement organization here in the city of Detroit, started by Pulitzer Prize winning journalist Stephen Henderson. I get to work with him every oh, day. Stephen. An experience for me. And our official launch is uh, this week. Uh, more to come on that, but we are a issue-based and responsive journalism organization. And I can tell you the greatest thing that I am excited about is that our content will be tailored to the priorities and information needs that Detroiters identify. So I'm not building a new community engagement model for this new organization in a vacuum. I'm hitting the streets again, like I've always had, talking to Detroiters, wanting to see how they how they have interacted with news media in the past and what their preference is, and to be responsive to that. Uh, so shout out to Stephen Henderson, shout out to Outlier Media, who's been at the table uh, since the very beginning uh, of this endeavor. And we will officially launch uh, tomorrow with a press conference. So I'm excited. Oh, we got a little sneak peek here on Discussing Detroit. Yeah. Stupid. Well, that's really exciting. And so, I mean, Bridge Detroit, you know, that um, is that related to Bridge, Michigan? And talk uh, a little bit about is, that. Yeah, so Bridge Detroit is an initiative of the Center for Michigan, which also produces uh, Bridge Magazine. Uh, the reporting uh, will be 
you know, intertwine in some stories and not. Bridge Detroit would be hyper-local to the city of Detroit. It's for Detroiters, by Detroiters. Our newsroom is people of color, all from uh, the city of Detroit, which I think is so dope. Oh man, it is so dope. And yeah. we and have- Sadly missing from some other, you know, I mean, yeah. it, it's really filling a niche. That I'm excited, like Bridge, Michigan, I, you know, has been doing amazing work on the, coronavirus and and I mean it's just always kind of where you know you can definitely go there to not get not get the real scoop and to have a a localized Detroit version you know and with Steven and you I mean yeah. I'm excited I'm very excited, I'm excited. congratulations it's, it's a dream come true I told you that I work I my journalism right and eight years later, um, it has come full circle and it's the perfect convergence because I developed this skill and knowledge base for neighborhoods in the city of Detroit and community engagement and development. So to be over engagement in immediate organization, it is just perfect. I am so excited to get started. Dreams come true in Detroit. I mean, it's cheesy and all, but it's true, right? You know what I said? I said this, um, I said that I, did not need to leave the east side of Detroit to be successful, but I needed the east side of Detroit to be a success. All of my work had take, has taken place on the east side of Detroit. So had it not been for the amazing work and the amazing residents on the east side of Detroit, you wouldn't want to be talking to me now. And so I never needed to leave. So dreams come true here in the city. We want you to subscribe to Bridge Detroit. Go to bridgedetroit.com and you know get our stories in your email inbox. That's that's just so awesome. We have somebody. Uh, Chris is actually like, I love, you know, so awesome to hear you're working with Stephen, avid Detroit Today listener, and really admire both your work. Looking forward to checking out Bridge Detroit. I think a lot of people are going to be uh, like that as well. Uh, and so you started to kind of mention um, some things that you want people to know about the East Side. So like, is there? Anything like if someone's like, and then it's so hard, you can't sum up the east side, right? That's what people will sometimes say, oh, tell me about the east side. Well, it's so complex and diverse. But if there's something that like, is there a myth you want to bust? Is there something that you want uh, people to know about the east side if they were to know one or two things? Yes, I want you to know that if you're not an east sider, that you can venture onto the east side. <laughs> And Absolutely. Be like family. I think the uh, the the thread, the common thread all throughout the city, but I know for certain on the east side is that we are so familial. Uh, it's a it's a small big city. It's a small big side of town. Uh, we're so familial. We'll welcome you. We love we we love our people. We love Detroit. Uh, and you know the the housing stock and the diversity of housing stock on the east side of Detroit is you know unparalleled. We have riverfront neighborhoods, and you know the neighborhood that you grew up in and that I grew up in. I grew up on Three Mile Drive in Morningside. Yeah. Uh, you know, just di di diversity of people, diversity in neighborhoods. Amazing organizations doing great work, and so. Uh, you know, get get whatever narrative that you had in your mind about the East Side and venture on over and see some of the greatness that's taking place. Visit Absolutely. some of the restaurants that we have. The first Detroit Vegan Soul was on the East Side in West Village. Norma G's uh, is on the East, like, so, so uh, click. Everybody go to click. <laughs> well, 
my new favorite is, and it's uh, still you know open right now because is Detroit Pepper Co. You Detroit know, so in my neighborhood. You cannot sleep on East Warren and, and the work that those folks are doing over there, like with the out, you know, the old school stuff like Alger Theater, but then you have Zab's Cultural Collective and Denise, and then the Pepper Company, and they're doing carry out right now. You could go, you know, some of the stuff is, you know, some restaurants with the COVID issue yeah. are not open. They're, but, they're doing it. Can I tell you my yeah. Denise story from Zab Cultural Collective? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be in there one day. And uh, for a meeting, and I was leaving out, and she was finishing this painting. Anybody who knows me for more than an hour knows that I have an affinity for nuanced portrayals of black boys and men in paintings, right? Uh, and so she was finishing this painting, and I was like, oh my God, I need that. She was like, well, this is going in for the show tomorrow. And I said, yeah, can you know Before I even knew what the price was, Jeanette. I was like, I probably should have asked her how much it was. But, uh, just, just a magnificent talent and magnificent space uh, on East Warren. Shout out to all of the folks, Joe Ration and Darnell Adams, yeah. and everybody doing great stuff on East Warren. Yeah, my Denise story is just. Uh, I mean, her story. I mean, and, and this is the thing. Like, I was like, oh, did you use Match Detroit or you know Hatch or Match you know Motor City Match? Or she's like, they didn't use get to use any entrepreneurial resources like they did that they bought that building like two decades ago i mean and we were we stopped there last fall with the challenge detroit uh, learning journey that we were doing for the new challenge detroit folks we came and talked to you guys at ecn we went we did an east side day you know uh and uh they had just opened and you know she was like well i don't know what i'm gonna really say and i was like you just just say what your story, you know, and 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 uh, and it was it was amazing, and and then I was uh I was tooling around with um Eric Thomas and Stephen McGee. We oh, jumped in. They're like, we want to know more about the East Side, so we jumped in a car and we were just tooling around. And I was like, let's stop in to see if you know Denise is there, and uh, we talked to Marlon and Denise, and mm -hmm. uh, and it's just it. And they were like, I didn't I didn't know. And then I will say too, the public spaces. I mean, everyone's talked downtown public spaces. They're beautiful. Eastside, Chandler yeah. Park, Balduck. Balduck Park in my neighborhood. I mean, yeah. it's our public spaces there on parallel. We have a premier park on the east side here in the city of Detroit, Chandler Park. It is home to Detroit's only water park. Uh, brand new recreational, educational, and conservational amenities. It's beautiful. Check it out. People get married out there now and everything. I love it. You know what? I'm going to do another East Side tour uh, coming up soon. We did one on Friday, but I might uh, swing back because there was so much to cover. I got a little overwhelmed because I only did an hour, you know, virtual yeah. tour. We're using Google Maps, but it's there's just so much to cover. So yeah. we'll have to do that again soon. Yeah. Uh, so as we wrap up, because I always promised that these would be kind of short conversations, though I'm sure you and I could talk forever in a day. Um, but I want, you know, how can people support you, the, you know, your organizations, the causes that you, you know, this is the time. What What's the call to action? A little bit of a blip, but. No. Okay. Okay. Uh, and so, so if you didn't hear that part, give us the call to action. Yeah. What do you want people to be doing? How to support you, your organizations, you know, the, yeah. the east side. So I'm also host of Urban Concept Detroit. Yes. A lot of online dialogues. We have a dialogue coming up in June with Chase Cantrell and Lauren Hood talking about the questions that we should be asking ourselves during this time. I would love for you to join in the conversation. I believe conversation is always the launching pad for deeper connections and change. I have experienced that. 
Uh, we want you to support uh, the Authentically Detroit podcast so you can listen to our episodes at ecn-detroit forward slash podcast. Uh, you can also give uh, to support the podcast. There's a donate button right on that page. And most importantly, I want you to subscribe to Bridge Detroit, your yes. new journalism and engagement organization here in the city of Detroit for Detroiters by Detroiters. Uh, Project executive Stephen Henderson, Pulitzer Prize winning journalist. Go to bridgedetroit.com and click the subscribe button. There you go. I just put up the website right there for that one. Uh, but lots of ways to do it. And uh, and we're just I just amazed at just the amount of amazing projects that you're involved with. Like if, I mean, authentically Detroit urban consulate bridge, Detroit. I mean, obviously you're not leaving ECN in the dust or anything either. I mean, you're going to be around there all the time. I'm sure. Well, I just found out that uh, the board unanimously, unanimously voted me on to be a board member. And I didn't know who I did. Uh -huh. I had no idea. So I'm, I'm still involved with ECM. I'm not going anywhere. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations on your new board role. <laughs> and thank you so much for joining us today, Orlando. And congrats on uh, your new position and, uh, and just on living the dream. And thank you uh, sincerely for all the work that you do uh, for Detroit and for Detroiters. Uh, and uh, I look forward to seeing you in person uh, sometime mm -hmm. soon. But certainly lots of uh, virtual opportunities that we'll be able to chat uh, moving forward too. Thank you for having me, Jeanette. We love you. We love you. Uh -huh. Thank, you, for thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. We'll talk soon. Have talk a great day, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye.